0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike, with me is Kevin Josh. Guys, maybe we're not as good as we thought. Let's go!
1: Everything was just falling into place.
0: Funky puts inside with this rock Oh, It's oh. no terrific! So I went back and I was reading my notes from the last episode and we opened with Guys, I think we're pretty good. So like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a week this league makes. Um yeah, fun times. Uh Josh, what's been going on this week, man? Non-soccer related, what you been up to?
1: Oh, uh preparing for a small vacation. Uh going into a very secluded house with a pool. Uh, next week. All right, during this uh, coming up weekend, and so can't wait to get away, not get on social media. I'll watch the Hounds game, <laughs> but that's all I'm doing. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah, we. So last week, um, my parents took the kids because we I had like a big virtual conference thing that I was sort of emceeing, and so just not. I love my kids to death but to like not have that fear of them just walking in during this conference um, was great Uh, where was I going oh so during the week my wife was painting our one room and she basically put up her away message on email so if anybody emailed her it was like I'm gone and not answering for the week and she was so relaxed just like leave me alone I'm not looking at anything just it's very chill I need to find some time to do that for sure Kev what
2: you been up to just, just kind of getting the, the general anxieties out of my system, by uh, I'm I'm picking up like my physical activity more, as recommended by I don't even know who recommends that, but people, right? Like in quarantine, move more, and so I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm running more, and uh, yeah, it it, it helps. Um, so that's that. Honestly, that's been it. i, mean, I like running and working and sleeping and eating. Um, and it's how, Good. How, how much are you running? Uh, I mean, this weekend I ran nine miles, um, which felt really good. Um, I mean, it didn't, it didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, let's For now, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to set a goal. A lot of people are like, I want to run a marathon. I don't think I would get enjoyment out of it. Like, I don't think I'll cross the finish line and be like, yes, that was so worth it. Um, but maybe one day it will be. Like, maybe I'll get there. But um, for now, I'm just kind of enjoying going out and kind of, you know, getting in that zone of discomfort for like an hour
1: and a half. Uh it's nice. Yeah. I don't think I've been 9 miles away from my house <laughs> in like a couple months. But all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, there's a couple people that I know that have done marathons and, like, got bit by the marathon bug, and that's sort of how they start. They're always like, oh, I never thought I would do a marathon. Like, there are some people that are like, I want to do it, but most people I know, they're like, yeah, I never really thought about doing it, just started doing it for the fun of it. And then, you know, there was a group of people that I started running with, and then it just, like, became a thing. And then they're, like, traveling all, traveling all over the country to do marathons, so. Um,
2: no, I get it. Me. I mean, it seems like there's, it's a nice community and everything, um, but... uh I don't know. I, I was obsessed for a while with, like, those ultra marathon runners, the people who do, like, 100 miles and, like, 150 miles. And, and like, I, you know, you read more about them, and I was just like, okay, there's, yeah, like, there's, I can't even fathom ever getting close to anything like that. Like, there's no way. Like, these people are crazy committed, and they stay for 48 hours straight just running, and they hallucinate and, and while they're running. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's no, thank you. That's nuts. If you can't tell, we're we're deliberately trying to
0: delay the inevitable here of talking about the past two games for the Hounds, but I think we have to do it. So first of all, just to set the stage here, obviously the Hounds lost the past two after they went buck wild on you know Philly Union and, and we were all excited. They lost one nothing uh, to Indy on Wednesday at home, and then they lost two to one. Uh, to Red Bulls 2 on Sunday in New Jersey. Now, before we get negative, because I we don't want this thing to be overly negative, let's start with some positives. And I got to give credit to Justin here, because he was the one who was like, come on, guys, it's not all terrible. It's okay. So uh, first first positive, he sent four of them. First positive, that we're four games into a 16-game season, and we still have more points than we did at this point last year. So after these four games, we got six points. Last year, we only had five points. So one more point. Now, if we looked at how many points we had a quarter of the way through the season, I know we had more than six, but you can only play what you got. Um, Positive number two, we still have three players that are not even here yet that could potentially be starters for this team. So we're going to talk about depth a little bit later, but keep in mind that Mark Lindstrom, Albert Dequa, and Tony Walls are not even here yet. And we've heard good things about all of them, seen some good things from some of them. Um, So that's a positive. Another positive, he said, was Dos Santos played a full 45, which means maybe we'll get him for a full 90 next week. So, you know, positive. And then his fourth positive is the next three games are Philly, Red Bulls 2, and Indy, all with a week in between. So we went from playing basically three games in whatever it was, nine days, and now we're going to play those same three teams, but with a week in between each one.
1: Yeah, I I do think that's kind of a key to keep in mind here because it is early on in the season and it was an extended break for the guys. So you're going to have an issue with fitness levels and having that many games back to back to back is a tough thing for the players to do, especially this early in the season. So, you know, just not being completely match fit to begin with, having that many games in a row. I mean, it's, it's a bit of an excuse, but at least, you know, I can kind of, justify a little bit about you know why the second halves of both these games i would say uh maybe even a full 90 minutes in the last game uh looks pretty tired and pretty unimaginative and just sad yeah so
0: taking our minds back to wednesday of last week let's talk briefly about the indie game so we knew going into this game Indy was on fire, um, playing really well, Uh, one of the top teams in their group. Everyone was sort of setting this up to sort of be the Battle of Titans in the East. For 96 minutes, it was a nil-nil draw. I thought that the Hounds game plan was sort of interesting, because at one point I was like, wait, is is Danny Rivera playing as a center back? Like, typically we see him out wide, and no, he wasn't playing as a center back. He was straight up playing man-to-man with Tyler Pasher the entire Game, which like again, when you're like Lily, like what you doing, man? Like, he had it; it worked for 96 minutes, and then Pasher just said, "Enough with that." um Kev, any thoughts on just sort of general strategy in this game? Anything you saw that intrigued you?
2: No, I mean, I th- I think trying to cast my man back to this game. Yeah, I mean, I I think we canceled them out pretty well. I mean, we we created we didn't create a lot of chances, but we created chances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, we limited them pretty well. And it took – and I think that's that's the theme between two of these games is it kind of took – I mean, forgetting the late Red Bulls penalty, it took two really special efforts to put us away. Um, I mean, Patrick's goal was incredible. I mean, that being said, I think he, he gets around our players, I think, because I'm a, we, we look a little bit tired. I think we, we start just throwing tackles in and throwing legs in and he's just kind of skipping around them. It, it, they look like tired tackles, if anything. Also, like when the legs go, the mind goes. So you're just, you're not as quick in, in the closing them down in the right way and pushing them off. And so, but but that's good. And you are an incredibly good team and it took, you know, 96 minutes with a, a wonderful effort to, to to put us away. And on another day, you know, we put away our chances, so. No, I think uh, most of the tactical stuff I want to talk about happened in the Red Bulls game, but um, I'll wait to, to dive into that until we're done with this one. And you talked
0: about, you know, it took a special chance and us putting our chances away. Josh, it looked like we put one away in the 27th
1: minute. 27th minute, we had a corner. It, it was across the line. I mean, it, looking at replays, looking at different angles, you can see the, the line completely on the other side of the ball. It was obviously a goal. They they screwed up, but you know what? It, it shouldn't take a you know a decision from the ref, one single decision from the ref to change the whole game around. So I don't want to say that it is why we lost, but at the same time, I can't remember who said it, but it feels like you know it was a one-one. It should have been a one-one loss. That's right. what it felt like, yeah. and that that's what it you know. But then again, in the 27th minute, if we get that goal, who knows what, what that changes for the tactics for Indy or for us. And so who knows what would have happened after that. Like It could have been a much more open game. Uh, so uh, kind of going back to the tired legs thing, uh, something that you saw in both these games was a lot of yellows for the Hounds near the last half uh, of the second half uh and that kind of just speaks to what you're saying kevin uh we had five yellows in the indie game and four of them came in the second half and three of those were pretty much the last half of the second half so it's it's very telling that all of our mistakes and bad fouls and that kind of stuff happened yeah. so close to the end of the game and i think for new york they were all like all after the 90th minute or something like that it was ridiculous
0: yeah yeah, and I guess real quick, back to the the no goal. Um, if you go back and listen to the preview show for the for the Red Bulls game, Steve and Justin were talking about it, and Steve said he actually went back and rewatched specifically the positioning of the line ref whose job it is to, to be on the line and see if the ball had crossed or not, and the ref was out of position and could not make that call. So it was not on the line where they should have been to see if that could go in, and so therefore you know it I feel like more often than not on the show we end up talking about poor officiating and to me anytime we bring it up it feels like a cop out like just be better than the refs like you just you want to be the best team you got to be the best team the ref is gonna be terrible for both sides but we weren't the only ones across the league this week that were like man, the hounds got hosed in both of these games because of poor officiating um, and it's a shame and it's just you know, it's got to be better, and the league's not going to say anything about it. You know, we we sort of shared the Steel Army put together the the gif of Kenny getting taken down in the Red Bulls game, which we'll talk about. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but you know, we we retweeted and said USL. You know, any comments, knowing full well they're not going to comment on it. It's no. just that's just not their mo. So it's yeah, it's frustrating.
1: Yeah, and like the the one positive. Other thing I would say about this game is, you know, in retrospect, this was the better game for the Hounds. Uh, the Hounds were holding their own. It didn't look like they were getting trampled on uh, during the indie game at all. If anything, it felt like a very well-paced game where both teams were having some good chances, and I felt like the Hounds were actually performing better than Indy mm-hmm. uh, for the majority of this game. It's just, you know, giving up a goal in the last minute of stoppage time is heartbreaking. Happened it twice. Yeah. It's just, ugh.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, we had a we had a chance early on where Ryan James sort of had an open net. There was a cross, and he was just outside the post. He sort of like lunged to get it and knocked it just wide. And then later in the game, you had another case of uh, merch with a give and go in the box and was one on one with the keeper. And again, it was just sort of out of reach. You're seeing a little bit of you know. Fit, it's it's sort of stuff that you would expect at the beginning of a season where it's a lot of lunges, a lot of reaching for balls just because mentally and physically you're just not where you'd expect the guys to be 10 games into the season. And so that's what you're seeing. Um, and it's – yeah, it stinks.
2: Which is kind of frustrating because I feel – I don't know. I People might disagree disagree with me on this, but I feel like a lack of fitness at the beginning of the season – should really only be attributed to like a lack of match fitness i.e. a lack of like tactical awareness to know how the system should be played it really shouldn't be physical fitness i mean you know this is this is what preseason's for and i think in both of these games and now granted fine we can go back and say well it's fine it's three games in in one week um a lot of traveling um so you, you can attribute to that and i think that's probably fair but uh, I it's a serious problem I mean if, if if we can't get the physical fitness up so that we can play the system that we need to you know meaning like when you need you know if you're gonna press everyone needs to press if if one or two people don't press then it all breaks down and if one or two people are tired they're not gonna press and so on and so forth so I yeah I, you hope it gets solved pretty soon
0: um, well in in if if one or two people don't press then that means that everyone else just extended a bunch of energy that they yeah. didn't need to expend
2: so and I thought in particular the Red Bulls game, we were kind of all over the place, but I will say like another, another thing mentioned across this. I mean, now great, you know, Josh just talked about the, the chances that were kind of not robbed from us, but you know, the chances we had in this game against ND, Um, you know, the four, the formal stats show, we only had one shot on target. And in, in the Red Bulls game, we had two shots on target. Like that's not enough. Like we, we, we need to, <laughs> we need to get more shots on target if we want to score goals. Um, and, uh, you know, both, you know, we, we beat Indy, we, like, we have more possession than Indy, we have better passing accuracy than Indy in this game, but one shot on target versus their three, and, uh, and the Red Bulls outshoot us uh, quite handily as well, too. Um,
1: so, yeah, that's, that's kind of becoming an issue as well. And it is something uh, that is kind of talked about a lot with USL in general in, uh, you know, second division is the fitness going into the game or into the season isn't as high as an mls and it feels like it's a lot more of a a, you're getting a lot of players who are new to being pros who are not taking off season as seriously as far as staying fit who are kind of slow to get into the season um we've seen it i mean heck if anything i feel like the hounds have had you know issues with this for a long time and and also issues with giving away late goals for a long time and so it just like plagues us as far as early season fitness and letting chances in at, at you know the dying minutes of the game it's just something that seems to plague us and it's it's very disheartening to see this season when we thought this season was going to be a lot different with the fitness of the players and also just the the mindset of the players
0: yeah. yeah, it felt like the late goals was something that sort of we turned the page on after last season. Um, but, you know, again, you don't want to make excuses because every team is playing in the same circumstances and whatever. But, you know, the guys did sort of have a full preseason and then nothing and then like an abbreviated. It felt like two or three weeks and then it was like you're back on the field, um, which is tough. So, you know, hopefully we sort of get things straight. We got a good opportunity to get things straight here this upcoming week. So um, one thing that that I sort of pointed out on Twitter, I'm at the point now where I when when Cincy left the league, I I think everyone was like, who's the next? Who's the team that like people really love to hate? And for me at first I was like, oh, it's got to be Louisville. Like we gotta we gotta hate Louisville. And for whatever reason, I've sort of grown more to respect Louisville. Like it's the team that. You don't necessarily like, but you can applaud them for sort of what they've accomplished, especially when, you know, we've beaten them the past few times. It's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, you you want to measure yourself there. Indy just seemed like a bunch of a-holes, man. Like, those uniforms, like, I think the uniforms look good. It also makes them look pretentious as all get out. And literally... Is it the collar? It's, it's the, the collar. It's yeah. totally it's the, the collar. And after Pasher's goal, just putting this out there, you know, if you need some billboard material, after his goal, I went back and watched the highlights again. You can blatantly hear on the microphone, Barrett, their defender, was yelling, Hey Jimmy, F this city. Like, not F the hounds, not just F this city. And like, so Pittsburgh, if you're looking for somebody to hate. <laughs> I think Indy is the new team to hate because it's just they're, – they're doing everything since he did. They're splashing money. They're just trying to buy players. They did it last season, and we said, like, this is either going to work out for them or it's going to be a dumpster fire. And it turned out down the stretch it was a dumpster fire. But, like, this is what they're going to do. Um, and I think they're happy playing the, the bad guys. So
1: yeah 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 i mean it's hard to hate louis when they don't feel like they're they feel like the usl is below them right because you never get that feeling from louis they feel like they're like hey we like being top dogs in the usl and we like the usl it, with cincy you never got that feeling they're mm-hmm. like usl is just a stepping stone for our greatness and or we're already looking at usl in our rear room here uh, Indy has a little bit of that feeling as well, where it's like, oh, USL, it's just, it's just for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like.
0: <sighs> okay. Anything
1: else in this game before we talk about Philly?
0: Uh, it, yeah, it's a tough one to talk about. Because, again, I think in this game, like you guys said, we had chances, we played well for the most part. It seemed like we had a game plan, we had neutralized Pasher, and it was just that one moment that is just crap.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll say that like, and I'll, I'll say this again after we're done reviewing the the Red Bulls game. I none none of this stuff that I think it's fair to criticize is massive stuff. I don't, like. I, this sure. is going to be an obvious thing to say, but like, we're not miles away here. You know, there it's like four or five small tweaks that, if all of them just kind of get shifted a bit, then we click back into a team that looks like you know we put six past you know. Uh, Philly too, so it's just these things. That it's kind of frustrating because yeah, it's they're not massive things, but it's just like ah oh, man, if we can sh- you know shift that up a little bit and do that a little bit differently, then then we look a whole nother level. Um, and uh, yeah,
1: so that's that's a positive, I guess. Yeah, if these games were reversed, if if uh, New York happened first and then Indy, I feel like we would have a little bit better of a feeling going yeah. into this podcast. We would probably be like you know. There would be a little bit of not momentum, but building feeling. I feel like the disheartening thing was seeing this game being like that was a disappointing ending. But overall, you can kind of see where they were heading, and then going to the New York feeling like it all just fell apart, and, and that is the disheartening part. Um, but granted, you gotta also look at the fact that it was a quick turnaround for games, for uh, you know, traveling and playing three games in a row and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you you know, you sort of mentioned like
0: one little click away. Literally, Skyler had his goal in the ninth minute in this game against Red Bulls, and I think a lot of us were thinking like, all right, here we go. Like, we're right back on it. This is Group F. Like, we're going to dominate Group F. Um, You know, the encouraging thing, again, is that in the past four games, we've had ten goals, and we've had eight different goal scorers. So, like, in years past, it might have been, like, one or two guys putting in all the goals. And literally, we only have two players that have more than one goal at this point. Duba and Velarde. And Velarde didn't even play in the last game. So, like, it's coming from all around, um, which is a positive. So, after that happened, that's when the game (laughs) sort of just, like, the wheels came off. And, like you said, lots of lunging, lots of... It felt like we were missing a lot of like second passes. Like we'd make the first pass and the second pass was either too far ahead or too far behind or whatever. And it just yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't great. Guys, what uh what other takeaways did you have from this one? Kev, what do you what do you think in here?
2: Sorry, yeah. Have we transitioned onto the Red Bulls? Yes. Yeah. We're on the Red Bulls okay. now. Let
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll me try that again. Josh, what did you think about yeah, this game? Thank
1: uh, no momentum, no, no, no flow to this game at all. This felt like stop and go, stop and go. No one was having any flow. It, even on the Red Bulls for most of this game, it felt like everything was just staggered and fouls and just dirty plays and officiating that was terrible. Like it, this game had everything negative going for it. As far as I was concerned, it, it was not fun to watch it. It was just frustrating. I just uh, I just pictured
0: like Stefan like this game has everything. It has (laughs) terrible (laughs) refs, terrible calls, slow players and short
1: shorts. I don't know what we're talking about right now, but sure. You don't know? Yeah. Stefan
0: from SNL. Okay. Somebody up. there. Oh, SNL. Got we basically okay, have yeah, funneled sorry. down. There's like two people got that joke. So that's like okay. our sweet spot. We're good. I was okay. with you. I got okay. you. Okay. All right. So Kev. that means there's only
2: one. One listener. Yeah, there's only yeah. one, one there's other person
0: other. out there who, do, who got the gym Okay. Kev, now that we're talking about I'm the Red it. Bulls, what are your I'm thoughts on, on this game? <laughs>
2: um, no, actually, I don't know. I, I'm... I think I enjoyed this game more than Indy in a weird way. What? I, 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 I actually think we were... It was, it was an even match. It was back and forth. Oh, shut your mouth. I really, I really <laughs> think so. Well, because I thought it was also... I don't know. It, it could be I'm creating my own narrative here that doesn't exist. But it, it, I think it was interesting in the sense that... You know, Bob Lilly in the Riverhounds currently as a club and as a squad we we achieve what we do through how effective we are at playing as a unit at playing as a team teamwork work ethic all that kind of stuff and and the red bulls too because of just being a two team and you know it, you you can make the argument this is it's a little different this season cuz they have more time to, to collectively work together but they are they're still an ind- they're individuals playing together um, and so that kind of creates this really interesting matchup where if we were going to cut through them, it was going to be through this kind of collective effort. If they were going to cut through us, it was going to be through moments of brilliance where they had to, you know, just single-handedly, you know. And and I think we see that in the first goal. Once again, just an incredible effort. Um, you know, Forbes, I, I can't criticize. Like I'm. Not, I'm gonna criticize him, but like I don't want to criticize him. But it's like if you're gonna block the the the, the quick, uh, the quick free kick, like block it. Like yeah. I don't know. Like you're right there. <laughs> like I don't know. So it could have done a little better. But uh, you know how 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 the Red Bulls player took it. Down, I I forget who who scored the first Red Bull, Red Bulls goal for them. So. Uh, so I mean how how he how he took that down on his chest and volleyed it. It, it was a really really good effort, and they looked fitter than us. Um, you know, they hung in the game longer than uh, than us. And so it was, I don't know, it, it was this interesting kind of battle in that way. And I think it was back and forth. And I think the other thing is it was frustrating in the first half. Um, Cause I think, while I think the subs were needed because of three games in seven days or whatever. Uh, I think the step away from what I would say, the more expected um, starting 11 we've seen in the beginning of the season um it, it kind of hurt us and and when we saw uh Griffin uh come back in um and I'm, I'm forgetting the Duba. other one what's that Duba yeah and DeSantis come back in I thought we, we we looked another level I I think we we were a bit I don't know we were we were we were kind of all over the place we weren't structured and then the second half we became structured you saw the bank of five you saw the bank of three you saw the bank of two and um and I thought we we, we picked up our game and so because it's a tough game. Like, this wasn't going to be an easy game, and I thought we held our own. Um, you know, Red Bulls is they're not Philly 2, if, if that wasn't apparent before the game. I thought Red Bulls too, they're a good team. I was impressed with them. And, and I thought, once again, on another day, like, they didn't control the game. They didn't completely obliterate us. We were we were in the game. We created chances. On another day, we win this game. So in that way, I, I can kind of swallow this a bit easier than any than game because, you know, we get on the score sheet. We create a lot more chances. Could have had a penalty. um yeah, it was it was obviously disheartening to see them score in the last minute, but I, th- I thought we played pretty well.
0: Josh, tell him why he's wrong. <laughs> Go get him,
1: Josh. I mean, it's not that you're wrong. It's just I don't think I don't think Red Bulls are a better team than Indy. Uh, I I I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. So I mean, the I don't know. To me, that that says more than the two games separately. Like if if Red Bulls are not as good of a team as Indy and Against Indy, I thought we looked more evenly matched, and then against Red Bulls, it looked like the Red Bulls are just toppling us. It's it's a weird situation there.
2: I but my only my perspective on this and why I'm saying this is because I think it goes back to like I've said it like once before on the podcast a while ago. Like I I think luck plays more of a role in games than we like to admit, and like another day. So doesn't control it perfectly on his chest and fire it past, you know, a keeper who played well on the day. You know, on another day he blasts that in the stands and it still stays one-nil. Um, on another day, uh, you know, Ryan James doesn't just throw his body in front of their attacker when when our keeper looks like he probably has it and Ryan James probably doesn't need to, you know, interfere with the play. Another day that that doesn't happen, they don't get a penalty in the 90th minute. So it's, it's these little weird kind of moments that. I don't know. I, I don't want to chalk it up to luck. I don't want to take anything from the Red Bulls' play away from them. But I, it didn't feel like they just cut us open and just were just we were just bad. Like it didn't feel that way. It just felt like there was these little moments
1: of of, of flashes where they just, you know they get a goal out of it. And and so I yeah, think that's I, I, yeah. I do agree with that. It was, it, this didn't feel like a one team was much better than the other team. It just felt I thought the game was more frustrating because it felt more just all over the place and kind of like. It just didn't feel like a very cohesive game. Um, And another thing that both these games make obvious, which I think we touched on a little bit, is we are missing pieces that are signed but not playing right now because both these games, we only made three subs, and we have five. And you know Bob's going to make all five subs if he thinks there's people on the bench who can come in and make a difference. And the fact that he doesn't think that is telling. And that says that we have an issue right now because we need those those players to make a full roster so we actually can use the five subs like everyone else is using. Yeah. And I want to go back to that because yeah, you get what Mike, I don't know.
2: You mentioned on, and I think at the time you were, it was a reasonable thing to say, but I think we were talking about the depth on our bench and how good the depth on the bench was. And I think I made the point where I think it's it's good depth if you want to bring them on as subs. It's not necessarily good depth if you want them to start. So I, mean, I didn't think Barnathan had that great of a game. He gets subbed off at halftime. Terrible didn't think, game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think Fernandez had a great game, gets subs off at halftime. So these are players that in the past have, have been brought on as subs and have made an impact and played well and, and slotted right in. And and in this game, they get thrown into, you know, a, a physical Red Bulls team who are who are probably fitter than us. They're home. We're away. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of looked out of sorts with it. And so, yeah, going like what you just mentioned, Josh, yeah, it's, we do look a little thin now, in my opinion, um, with three games in, in a week and having to rotate in this way.
0: Yeah. I mean, you figure this was, like we said, our third game in nine days, they're taking multiple water breaks during the game. And to not use all five subs by the end of this game, like that tells you a little bit. I think the big question mark that we keep bringing up is um, there was a lot of hype around Asani, and we still have not seen him in a game yet. So there's something going on there. Um, But you look at the bench and you just go, you know, who? I mean, I think you could say... You can make the argument for Velarde, but it looks like there's something going on with Velarde's knee. Just every game, it's wrapped more and more and more. So while he's not on the injury report, can't say you know what's actually going on there.
2: You can only play 60 minutes. That's all. (laughs) He's brittle.
0: Listen, (laughs) listen. But again, we like you know, like Justin pointed out, we got three players that you know are are exciting players that could slot in here and could be starters. And so some of these other guys that right now are starting could be quality bench guys. So I, I think down the stretch, our depth will be just fine. It's just right now, Josh, like you said, when you're not using all five subs in these situations, that's a glaring, you know, warning
1: sign that something's not right. So, yeah, it's, it's just crazy because like, I, I, I refuse to believe that Bob is not using the subs for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, 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 you see in the Red Bulls game, especially that there is a lot of tired legs near the end of this game, and we could have really used more subs. And it's not even like we didn't have a spot open because if uh, if you're not aware of the rules, it's you can only make three ti- You can only make subs three times. So even though you can you're allowed five subs, you can't stop the game five times. Right. It's not like you can be like I want to sub one, I want to sub one, I want to sub one, I want to sub one. Uh, you have to do it three times. So we only stopped the game twice. So we still had another game or time to stop because one was at halftime, which that does actually even count. Yeah, yeah so half-time, halftime doesn't count. Subs. Yeah. So we only stopped the game once. Yeah. We... And uh, and that was like way down the line at the 86th minute. Yeah. So like we could have made two more groups of subs at some point in that second half and we didn't. I I think it's probably because he doesn't, he looks at that bench and he doesn't see anyone on the bench who can make a difference in his opinion. He's like, none of you guys are going to be better than these guys are out there. Is that? I mean, am I wrong?
2: <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. And, and not to digress too much, but to stay on this point, it does beg the question because what I, I think the messages that we've got gotten from in and around the club is that it's not that necessarily Bob is hamstrung by a tight budget. Like you, the, yeah. the the sense is, there's money there if he wants to spend it, and he keeps saying, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." And if he's, but if he's still looking at his bench and thinking, you know, I don't trust any of these people, like something is not coming together there.
1: Well, but he also said, and a lot of the people said in the off season uh, after we made our signings, was that, hey, this year we have a lot more depth. I feel like we have a lot more people who come off the bench and make a difference. And so it, it, he felt like we had that depth. But right now he doesn't feel like we have it, which to me, the only thing that it could really mean is the three players that we don't have on the bench right now uh, are the players that he was expecting to make, you know, those second or those fourth and fifth subs with. Because wh- I don't know what else it could be. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, look, it, let's just let's just take one of those players. Let's say Tony Walls. OK, let's say Tony Walls is available to play center back okay and that pushes Tommy V up or even if you have either Tommy V or Tony Walls playing center back and holding d or holding mid that pushes Robbie further up the pitch like that your your entire game plan starts to change but because they're not available you have Robbie sliding back playing holding mid next to Kenny and you have to figure out something else up front so i think there's a lot of pieces and this happens with every team but there's a lot of pieces that can drastically change the complexion of how this team lines up and what this team wants to do. And I think what I I was somewhat disappointed that Fernandez came off at halftime because I felt like his strength is not necessarily chasing the game in front of him. What I was excited to see was you have, you know, Mensa and you have Duba Whose, whose job is really, you know, they collect sort of the first, second balls, they hold up play, and they play the ball through to players who are streaking like a Mertz, like a Fernandez. And when you have Fernandez up top trying to be sort of that holdup, it just, it just doesn't play to his skill set. So I, there's a number of things that could obviously change here really quickly if we start getting one or two of these guys back. And, Kev, you know, you mentioned this isn't like we're light years off of where we need to be. It's just – it brings up when you're losing, you start asking questions, and so we're we're asking questions, and uh, and that's
2: just sort of where we're at. Um, I will yeah. say, go ahead. No, I was. I, I mean, I was going to keep talking about this game. I thought the shape was kind of all over the place, especially in the first half and i'm i'm accrediting that to barnathan and fernandez not starting games before and being a bit out of sorts but i i thought we were just completely disconnected and this is this has happened a, a few times now across these four games and i think that's the frustrating part i think i remember particularly in louisville to be at the in the first 30 or whatever um, Lily was you know he made a comment in a, in a, like a post match interview or whatever and you could hear him on the sidelines you know yelling at the defense to to get up more and and changing shape and and kind of become more of a, a cohesive unit and I, it was the same thing especially in the first half in the Red Bulls game I, like, I, I couldn't see, I mean sometimes it's good to not be so rigid in a defensive structure but there was at times there was no structure at all we, we just look like players just running around chasing chasing shadows in space that they didn't need to be chasing and so that's, that's kind of concerning as well um, where with a preseason and four games in, it still looks like, I don't know, you, you want to put in 90-minute performances, not 40-minute not performances. And I think, yeah, like, for 40 minutes, I think we look good. And then for the other, you know, for the other time, it's, we look, we kind of look all over the place, tactically, which is, you know, at times worrying. I don't know, you can chalk it up to maybe player personnel or... Or Lily not getting his message across in a clear way, but but that was kind of concerning as well.
1: Uh, if Gomez is uh, in goal for the Red Bulls game, do we think anything's different? I actually thought, what VTLO? Yeah, I thought he played really well. Okay, as well. I was curious. I didn't yeah. know if it, if we thought like that could have made a difference or not in that game.
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: I I thought that So's goal. It was just like Pasher's goal. I, like that, that's not on the
2: keeper. Yeah, Th- they were both that's just true. rackets.
0: And yeah, yeah. Well, I think
2: PCL makes four saves, and they were pretty good saves. <laughs> like a, a few of them, you know, on another day, Red Bull score for sure. So, uh, and you know, a penalties penalty. You can't, you can't really.
1: No penalties. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. You can't really say anything about penalty. It's it's basically like a twenty percent chance of saving it.
0: So yeah. whatever. I will say it, it was interesting, I think a lot of times we will watch games and try to understand like what is it what is Lily trying to do in this one? Because Lily is notorious for watching game tape and trying to figure out what to do. And in the indie game, you know, he he's trying to do something offensively, but defensively, the fact that he that you start watching Rivera sort of follow Pasha around, you go, okay, so that's that's that. And then we go into this Red Bulls game and you start to watch both teams, especially in the first half, (coughs) excuse me, were attacking up their own right side. So, you know, in the first few games, you have Ryan James playing more in the middle of the field. And in this game, you have Ryan James out wide again. And I was like, huh, that's, that's interesting. Like maybe you put him back in the middle and you start seeing Red Bulls just attacking up that right side constantly. And basically for the first half of the game, there's Ryan James shutting down every attack that's coming through. Now that didn't translate into other things moving forward, but When you're watching for little things here and there, it was cool to sort of see that. I thought Ryan James, aside from the foul for the PK, had a really solid game and sort of did what we needed him to do. Um, Just like I thought, you know, Danny Rivera did what we needed him to do until that last possible moment. And so the parallels between the two games are frustrating. Um, I think the other thing that we have to talk about, you know, we sort of touched on it, but I think people will be up in arms if we don't talk about it is the refs. Um, you know, we said it just the inconsistencies. in particular, the fact that I forget even who it was that was in the box for the hounds that got taken down minutes before Ryan James took down a player in the box. And you look back on it, yeah, like you you kind of have to give that PK. Ryan James didn't get the ball. He took out the player. Same exact thing happened on the other end for us, and there was no call at all. And then you also had the situation where, the Red Bulls were just throwing bodies around left and right. The one player went studs up on Skylar Thomas and like smacked right into his shins, and I think that was a yellow, maybe. Um, nowhere near the ball. You could hear the crack like over the over the the speaker. And then you had the situation where um, uh, Elney basically came in with a two-footed challenge on Kenny's Shin, nowhere near the ball, like not even swinging for the ball, sent Kenny flying. The ref came running over, and you could tell he was reaching for a card. And the first thing he did was turn to see how hurt Kenny was. And because Kenny didn't pretend like he was dead, like every other player does, the ref went with yellow. I that should have
2: into that a bit much, but okay. No,
1: that's. I, I still think it was a red. Though. It's a straight I, I mean, red. Yeah. Yes. It, it was. It was studs up to the shins. Uh, didn't get the ball at all. It's in the box. So to me, I'm thinking, like, oh, it's in the box. So of course it's not a red because that, you know, <laughs> they would have to actually give a PK or whatever. So I, I don't know. I, I don't. Watching that replay over and over again, I just. It's more frustrating every time I watch it. It's. it's Yeah. I think uh, Vesty in our uh, Discord, the Steel Army Discord, made a gif of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think we shared it out on the Steel Army yep. uh, Twitter account. But yeah, it just watching that gif it's just like uh this is bs it's dangerous but like you're it is it is but at the same time like we talked about it, it yes we're harping on the refing, and i did think it was inconsistent that's my other big thing it's it's not even like he was being equally bad on both sides which is what you know if, if that's the case okay you know you you would get that on both teams have to deal with that but the fact that that's in the box and it looks like it should be a red and nothing you know whatever
0: um, Some positives from these two games. I think one, you know, we talked about some positives early on. One, I think both games, Mertz got himself into great opportunities to score, which is good. So the first game, we mentioned the sort of uh, the quick give-and-go that he had in the box. The announcers were raving about sort of his change of pace, and he just basically, the the keeper made a good save in that one. The second one, he was in, in uh, against Red Bulls. He was basically chasing down a ball, And literally, like, the keeper sort of got his hands on it and somehow played it right into Mertz's feet where you could tell Robbie was not ready for it and sort of fumbled it wide, but otherwise had a wide-open net. But, I mean, if you're going to give a guy credit, you know, over the past two games, he just didn't – when everyone else looked tired, he just isn't stopping. Um, So Robbie's Robbie's getting it done. Kenny continues to be Kenny. Like, there are passes that he makes and there's decisions that he makes on the field that, you know – yeah, he he's one of the best players in the league. I think one of the discussions in the game on Wednesday was, is he the most underrated player in American soccer? And you know, the guy was like, "Whoa, you know, there's a lot of guys in MLS or whatnot, but like he probably he might be top five. Like it just people just don't give him sort of the respect that I think he's earned over all of these seasons. So, um, so I think those are two positives, guys. You know, we talked about how we only use the three subs. We talked about you know how we're somewhat concerned about losing these games and stoppage time. But again, there are little things that hopefully we can tighten up. We're officially a quarter of the way through the season and we are tied for second in group F with the Red Bulls. Hartford is officially three and O and the top team in our group. We're not concerned about this,
1: right? No. I mean, I, honestly, I, I think a lot of positives are coming because of the fact that, we're going to have a week between games. We we have time to address it and like Kevin said earlier, it, these are small tweaks that need to be made. It's not like the whole team is completely in, in disarray and that we have to make some giant changes. It's just the, you know, fine tuning at this point and I feel like we're so close. Yeah.
0: Now, you know, fine tuning, we get a break up next is Philly at home. On Saturday, 7 p.m. Last time we played them, we beat them six nothing. It should have been eight nothing. Is this game a must-win? I, I hate that language.
2: <laughs> no, I, I will like, take
0: your question and reject it, and like, give you what I is, hope like, you ask me instead.
2: In a way, in a way, it is. But I think also thinking about this game in these terms puts pressure on it that it doesn't need to be there. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is no. I think we could still even lose this game and still be fine. I mean, we go on a crazy run last year. We can do it again. We're a good team. We have that in us. Um, also, I don't think we are going to lose. We might. I, I can tell you we're not going to win 6-0, um, and we can't freak out if we don't win 6-0. You know what I mean? Like a win's a win at this point. We need to keep playing well. We need to, we need to get points. So no, it's it's not a must-win. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say around it. Like, I, and and I think thinking about it that way is it's still too early. I don't. I get what you're saying, especially because we're a quarter of the way in the season. So if you think about it in that perspective, maybe these are questions that need to be like starting. But like, yeah, we're four games in, and saying is it a must-win game? It just feels wrong. Like I just can't even entertain that question
1: for morale's purposes i feel like it's a must-win game not for table purposes not for leaving the group purposes but i feel like as this team as they try to gel together and they get that confidence losing three games in a row two of them against two teams one of them against a team that you beat six nothing a couple weeks before i don't think that's good i mean obviously losing is never good but I feel like that is very detrimental to the, the mindset of this team. And as a fan, I would also be kind of in <laughs> disarray a little bit if we lost to you?
2: Don't you think that maybe the pain would be a little less? Let's say in, in a fantasy scenario, this isn't fantasy in the positive sense. What, we, we get 10 shots on target, hit the post three times, and have 75% possession, completely control the game, and, you know... Uh, they have a freak whatever and a penalty and they, they win one nil like i'm not you know if we if we continually put in good performances i still have confidence that you know we'll, we'll turn this around and it'll be fine that penalty doesn't happen
1: in the last minute of because <laughs> <Yeah. time? laughs> that's important <laughs>
0: but kev i think to that point though like if we're putting ourselves in a situation where we're giving up a penalty and we're losing one nil to a team. You guys are focusing a, on the penalty. No, 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 <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> but we're talking about a situation where we're playing a team that has a goal differential of negative 11 after four games. Like, like yeah, six of them are us. I mean, I get that. But still <laughs> like the point is, is that if we want to consider ourselves to be one of the top teams in the East and the top and top teams in this league, we can't accept a loss against a game uh, against a team like Philly that we beat six, nothing like two weeks ago. So like, you can't just be like, yeah, we played good, but they still drew us. That means that Philly has gotten worlds better over the course of the past two weeks. And we have sort of like regressed to the
2: mean. No, it
0: doesn't. Yes, it does.
2: Mike Norwich beat Man City this season no one's trying to say that like Man City had a bad you know Norwich finished last and are getting relegated Man City finishes second like things happen is what I'm trying to say like weird weird stuff happens and and that has to be okay I don't know maybe maybe, (laughs) huge digression maybe COVID is completely changing my outlook and perspective on soccer maybe I'm just a lot more like whatever guys it's fine um (laughs) like but no I like I think holy crap uh, it wouldn't be the worst I think we're playing well I think this is the incredible thing i to me these four games as a, as a sample size ha, has proven to me that we're a, i mean okay tell me tell me if you agree i think we're a better team this season than we are last season already after these four games i i've, I've seen evidence where i'm i really like how we're playing how we're improving the level of control we have over the ball and Yeah, how we're playing as a team. And and that's, I think, that's the most encouraging thing to me. I see much more
1: potential to be a better team than I've ever seen from this team or from the Hounds in general. Like I feel like the potential is higher than I've ever seen it for the Hounds. That doesn't necessarily mean we're a better team. It means that we are on the cusp of being a better team. Right. Uh, So if they don't get these little things worked out, then no, we're not a better team than we were last year. But the potential is there a lot better. You're right. And
0: I think to be fair, if we're looking at just the first two games, we're like, heck yeah. You know, this, this team is, you know, world's better. I shouldn't say world's better, but it's better than the team last year. If we, if we draw one of these past two games, maybe we're not looking at this as critically. Like if we draw nil nil with Indy and we're like, okay, Indy's a really good team. That's a nice bar for us. And then, you know, go ahead. I'm,
2: I'm kind of splitting hairs here, but really, I mean, the only difference between reality and what you just said there is, is if goal. Tyler Pasher yeah. hit, hits the ball an inch higher. Like <laughs> right. that's it. No, it's I get nothing it. to do with the with the other performances yeah. and everything.
0: Yeah, I get it. Um, I get it. I think, I think drawing against Indy would feel very different from drawing against the Red Bulls because I think that we all sort of think of Indy in higher regards than the Red Bulls. It would be like drawing right. to Louisville versus drawing to Philly too, and that's sort of where we're at, and that's why. I don't think that this game this weekend is must-win. I think that it's still really early in the season. So much can happen. But I think that when you look at the schedule and when you look at the teams that we have to play three times over the course of the season and we have the potential to pick up points against, we should not be dropping points to a team like Philly 2 when we're playing them three. That should be nine points, just like given. And then you focus on some of the tougher teams in in the division. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that's why I'm not saying that this is a must-win from an end-of-season standpoint, but I'm sort of more in Josh's camp of we should win this game. If we don't win this game, then the red flags are really going off because we are a better team than Philly. We are a better team than we were. We have the potential to be a better team than we were last year, and losing to Philly at home is not something that team would do. Fair. Sure. I feel like I just like yelled at you and now, now you're, like, you're like fine. I'm yeah, like, no, no, no,
2: no, no not at all. I was I mean, yeah. I, I, I you, you took me along for your story, Mike. I was I was with you. And I, I wasn't, right, I'm not, and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about a rebuttal, you. so that's why yeah, I was yeah. No no no. I wasn't
0: trying to convince you. I was just sort of making my point. Yeah. Um What are our thoughts in on this one? Josh, give me a score prediction.
1: I don't wanna <laughs> Yes you Seven, do. Yeah. Come on. Uh. I will go 2-0. Okay, Kev?
2: Yeah, I mean, that feels about right. Um, yeah, two
0: I'm going to say 4-0. I'm going to say the guys come out and they're super pu- Actually, that feels a little strong. I'm going to go back to 3. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like the guys come out, they're pumped, they know what happened last time against Philly, they're at home, they get a week off, or not a week off, but they basically have a break where they will be practicing at Highmark, they sort of have an idea of what to expect of Philly. There's plenty of tape to watch on them. I think they come into this game prepared. I don't think 4-0 is a stretch, but I will say 3-0. Um, I'm about, I was about to start like saying specifically who and when, but that's gotten me in trouble before, so I'm not going to do that. Um, Good call. Good call. Yeah. So, so that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Uh, Guys, real quick before we get out of here, just to give everybody an update. We have not shared pictures of the masks yet because we don't want to share mock-ups. We want to share like the the real deal. But I got the official word that the masks have been shipped. So hopefully within the next week or so, we will have pictures and details on how you can get your hands on one um, as soon as they're available. So keep an eye out on social media. Um, I think maybe what we'll do is we'll make it available to the Patreon followers first. Um, if they want to purchase them. So if you're not a Patreon follower, go over to mongols.com, click on sp- support the show, $1 a month, gets you access to those early, plus uh, get you access to all of our post-game shows, which post-game shows, that's not what this is. It's a post-show show, after-show. That's what we call them. Um, we do that every week, and we talk about lots of fun stuff. Our last episode wasn't as long as the real episode, but we talked about some topics that were definitely hotter topics. Uh, so definitely something to go back and listen to. Um, guys, anything else before we get out of here?
1: We got to win. I mean, it's not must win, Kevin, but we got to win. It's, <laughs> it's not must
0: win. It's got to win. So, yeah, yeah, I think that sums it up well. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is your weekly reminder. Black Lives Matter. As we said, go get that latest Steel Army shirt. Love Pittsburgh, Hate Racism, Black Lives Matter over at steelarmy.com. If you really if you really want to help, make sure that you go over and check out uh, Hugh Roberts. Um, he has his new Black Lives Matter shirt that he has he's using to donate to charities in Carolina. Um, go check that out. Wear your damn mask. Like we said, we're getting the Mongols masks, so you'll have no excuse to wear them moving forward. Mention going to Mongols.com, support the show. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarves supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Head over to uh, BGN.FM. Check out all the latest USL news. We keep adding writers and shows. It's, it's, It's getting bonkers, guys. Like, never thought it would become this big, so it's huge. Go check that out. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.